You know, for some of us, our spiritual life feels like it's a little stuck. We've been spinning our wheels on the same issues for quite some time, promising to read our Bibles more, to pray more, to get involved more, maybe to give a little more and be a little more generous. And we're just still in the same place, spinning our wheels. But you know, it's not just in our churches we're seeing this impact. We're asking questions today like, should Christians vote? You know, should Christians remain silent on policy issues that are going to dictate the curriculum that's taught to our children and laws that, well, guide and shape morality? They're asking questions like, should we vote? We're also seeing issues where only 38% of practicing Christians believe that, well, volunteerism should be a regular thing. And we're just seeing a drift in complete participation and engagement with our civic responsibility and even our spiritual ones. <sighs> In episode seven, we discuss how to fix the apathy problem in our local church. Stay tuned. All right. All right. We are back and uh, I am so happy to share another time to give to the Lord what belongs to him, to elevate him. And thank you, Josh and Isaac, again, just for being regulars and um, contributing. And again, taking time away from your families to edify the body of Christ and to help rebuild this country founded on biblical values. Um, so let's open up in prayer. And Josh, can you do that honor for us as we get started today? Amen. I want to thank you, Lord, today. I want to thank you for every day, for allowing us to wake up, for every breath that we take, Lord. I want to thank you for our families, yes, and I want to thank you for everybody that's listening to us, Lord. Please let our words align with your word. Let the Holy Spirit just guide our tongue, Lord, into just telling these people what they need to hear that is coming from you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. amen. So how was Sunday? service for y'all man for me it was great i didn't go to church either i went to we have promised my son we were going to take him for his birthday to bush gardens and we hadn't been able to do it so since february we've been planning to take him and it was this weekend okay the message was great we listened to the message on the way down uh we're still going through john and it's beautiful but we we spend good time with the family uh, you know, it's nice when all our kids go, you know, my daughter's married, you know, she still goes, you know, everybody goes. So we had a good time. Oh, awesome, God. man. Yeah. That's family, awesome. Family, family day. That's what I'm talking about. How about you, Isaac? How was that? Church was great. I think after, uh, after service, we actually had like a, a fellowship potluck, which is really good. Um, so yeah, church is, uh, church is good, man. Just spending time with, uh, the body of Christ, getting to know people. Uh, you know, I'm still fairly new to the church. And so it gave me the opportunity to speak to a lot of other members who I don't know apart from the men's group. So, you know, for me, it's always, it's always good, man. 
beautiful beautiful yeah that this sunday um we've been having an apologetic session um and so we had a uh, pastor come and speak to us uh just how we can rely and know that the scriptures are reliable and the reliability of of, uh, of the scriptures and it was a beautiful display of uh, of conviction and you know it's always good to get a reminder on why we believe what we believe and um, you know when we say inerrant um that doesn't mean what it used to mean back then i mean there's a lot of gray area and um and so it was really nice to have that so um amen well today we are discussing something that i think many many ministers are certainly dealing with i think that um as a whole we're seeing the church struggle with um, being effective and being built and being healthy mm -hmm. and productive and we kind of through that video together um just to kind of show what some of those struggles are so we're going to jump right in and we're going to start discussing the problem right um, the church is suffering from apathy. There's just a spirit of apathy hanging over the church right now. Um, and we see it in many, many ways. Um, and so I'll, I'll just throw it out there. In what ways are you seeing um, this problem manifest itself, at least in your experience, or possibly even the church that y'all are going to? Um, what, what are you seeing? You know, I think uh, just before we start, um, you know, you were mentioning apologetics and, and the road you're going through with your church. And one thing for sure, when, when I used to teach apologetics, the first thing you want to do whenever you're discussing a topic is define terms, right? And so just just for clarity's sake, um, I went ahead and I looked up apathy. So this way the listeners can understand exactly what it is we're looking to address. So dictionary.com defines it as the absence or suppression of passion emotion or excitement a lack of interest in or or concerning things that offer uh, that often find uh and you don't find it moving or exciting right so a lack of interest a lack of passion a lack of excitement so we're talking about apathy we're talking about just someone who is completely disattached or disassociated who doesn't find it uh welcoming in the way that they would the football game on a sunday right um so just for the purposes of defining terms i wanted to throw that out there amen amen yeah so Fantastic. absolutely so there's certainly a, a a sort of detached uh sleepiness uh, you know and I, the first place i always see it at the first place i always see it at is in worship um in worship you you normally see the folks just you know eyes wandering you can see they're not really focused i mean if the king of kings appeared right before you and you needed to worship him um i seriously doubt we would be on our iphone scrolling texting maybe arriving late you know hey we'll catch the word you know that's the most important yeah. thing we you know what i mean and just this sort of lackluster worship where the worship leader has to tell the congregation get up raise your hands clap come with me sing with me um we even put the words for you to read, all you gotta do is put the words. It's right there for you, and and it's still a thing. Um, so that I, I'll you know I'll throw that out there. I certainly see a problem in the worship. 
what 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 do you guys think is causing before we look at like how it affects or the impact but what what do you guys think is causing this apathetic attitude within the church what are your thoughts there josh in regards to what is causing this what do you think i think it's it's the lack of love of god respect for god especially during worship what does what does worship mean uh you see it a lot there it's it's because we're used to this this type of worship that it's about self it's about me if the worship is not it's not giving me the goosebumps if the worship is not making me cry yeah. if the worship is not giving me a reaction then it's not true worship and i think a lot of churches have forgotten what worship is that it's all about God, you know, it's not about how I feel, it's now about, uh, you know, a lot of the things that are going to make me feel good, it's all for God, and, and when people forget that, uh, if they don't hear the song they want, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to disconnect. And I think that's affecting a lot of the church, especially towards worship. Uh, my kids are young, you know, my kids are, uh, especially when we started leading a prayer and worship service in our church, uh, they used to tell me a lot, Dad, uh, I didn't like that song. You know, oh, the song you played last week was, was nicer or, you know, this song was happier. And I will tell them, I says, look, I'm sorry, you're not God. This this worship is for God. Uh and not for you so please read the lyrics i will tell them uh, the song could be slow the song could be a little bit boring but it's not for you just read the words and and make make that song a prayer to god if you don't know how to worship you know if you have to sing the song but if not just pray to god and a lot of people are, are just missing that little bit of respect for for our maker in in worship where where everything we have to give it to him you know we have to give him the adoration that he deserves the thankfulness that he deserves and worship it's is the best time uh to do it yeah amen. amen i'm not gonna lie that 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 used to be me um you know i remember i told <laughs> you yeah that was me i you know i'm i'm gonna slip in you know uh, uh towards the end all i want is the word why do we need music? And, uh, you know, and so that, that was me. I was guilty of that for, for, for a while there. And then uh, I was hit with the realization that, like you said, uh, Josh and, and Ben echoing you as well, you know, worship is meant for God. Worship is not for us. Now, you get confused when you see this, the, this, the fog machines and the strobe lights because all that's for us, right? The, you know, all, all, all the beauty behind and the scenery and, and the way the stage is decked out, that's for us. And you get confused yeah. and you think, Oh, worship is for me, you know, but worship, like you guys have both said, I just want to echo that worship is for God, right? What, what are your thoughts, Ben? What, what are some things that you think are causing an apathetic attitude within the church? Uh, I will say for me, I think causation, um, I think it's multiple things. I think Matthew 13 really delineates mm. what what some of the reasons why we see a lack of fruit and really that's what we're talking about right when we're contending with the flesh we're really talking about well you know the fret the flesh can't really produce much it can produce works and works guilt maybe um mm. but it's not you know we're not producing fruit of the spirit so the spirit is not uh a, where we're not allowing the spirit to produce that level of joy, passion. Um, we're not allowing the, the spirit of God to manifest in us the desires of God, right? And so we're told by Paul to 
put on the new man. And so that that's a um, that is a faith discipline and a surrender discipline, not a work. Um, and it's something that God does uh, through us. So I think that when you had to get to the root cause, it's certainly a spiritual fruit issue. Amen. You know, it's interesting. So as I was preparing for this, I was reminded of the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 15. I'll just read it briefly. It says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. Uh, would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spit you from my mouth. And then verse 16, uh, verse 17, he says, You say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. And so here, Jesus is speaking to Laodicea. And what's interesting is every church that he spoke to in the book of Revelations, he gave a little bit of a compliment to, and then correction. But in Laodicea, he just straight up told them, you guys are complacent and apathetic. You're not cold or hot. And one of the reasons that's given for this church specifically was that they said I was rich and, and lacking nothing. Uh, do you guys think that maybe our Western comforts lead us to an apathetic nature? Uh, the fact that we're in air-conditioned buildings, the fact that uh, we have the big screen TVs, the fact that we're not really persecuted here in the West uh, the way our brothers and sisters are in the East and other parts of the world. Do you think that our comforts and our prosperity, our wealth, do you think that that attributes to an apathetic attitude uh, in the church? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the whole church, uh, Ben's uh, father's church, they had uh, that church in Nicaragua. And I remember that the pastor used to tell me that people used to go through through streams they used to go through little mountains to get to the church and sometimes some people had to walk an hour and man you see those people they give everything they and they do everything for god sometimes even even watching the the service through the tv like like sometimes people don't even want to go and fellowship with their brothers in church they just they're happy with just seeing it online and i think it has to do like you said it's it's this western culture of of, of being comfortable uh, not wanting to leave the couch. COVID uh, really messed up the churches with that, where some churches, uh, they continue doing that. And I, I think that's wrong, mm. you know? I think during COVID, it was okay. Okay, you know, we, you know, the, we can't get together. Okay, let's do it through TV. Once COVID stopped, uh, I think that affected a lot of people. It hurt a lot of people where, where they got too comfortable at their homes and they just didn't want to, they didn't want to leave. They want to be in their PJs, you know, eating breakfast or listening to the service. And and that's not cool. That's not cool. You know, pastors, you know, I think it, it was rough. You know, it's rough because who, who am I to judge a pastor on, on how they do things? Uh, and I'm sorry, but I, I think some pastors really enjoy that of, of doing a service from their house, from their TV and, and allowing their members to continue enjoying that. And, and it, it's forsaking the fellowship of, of being together. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, you know, I think it, when we focus on some of the things that we're dealing with right now, and we're focusing on just a lack of engagement, and, it, and I think the spectrum is across the board. I don't think it's in one particular area, but you look at giving, you look at... Um, Ethics. As a matter of fact, Barner Research released some uh, article in 2019 about only 10% of Christian 20-somethings 
have resilient faith, but they're struggling mostly with the ethics part of the faith. And so when you start breaking down really what 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 is at the heart of the issue, um, see it manifest differently when we say the problem, right? And we refocus on what the problem is. I think, I think we, we see all of these branches and these branches are lack of tithing or giving. We see lack of worship. We see attendance, just not very consistent. Lack of engagement in small groups where that's where we go to build and, and learn and, and, and sort of build koinonia, right? And we grow as a church and we become more of a family. Um, so there are so many things that, that we can engage in and we're just not. So I'm going to throw something out here and, um, you know, and just, just to kind of think about this for a moment, as Isaac talks, uh, talked a little, a little bit ago about the causation, um, and let me just switch to the slide here, but we see, um, when we, when we talk about, uh, being fruitful, I think it outlines the normative, meaning the normative standard for the church and for those attending church should be fruitfulness. And here's why. In Mark chapter 4, uh, verses 26 to 29, it says, And he was saying, The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up, and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. The soil produces crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts the sickle and because the harvest has come. The normative for the church should be fruit bearing. It should be fruit bearing. In other words, it, it should not be a push like hey you know you gotta you gotta bear fruit no that that should be automatic because the one producing the fruit is the seed and so hmm. the question now becomes we know the seed produces fruit we don't the word of god the seed does the question now becomes well then what's happening in the church where the seed that's inside of all of these believers it's not producing any fruit we're not seeing anything and i think therein lies a big big issue uh when we examine the the apathy problem yeah in yeah. proverbs and, 6 amen. in proverbs 6 7 he says go to the ant o slogan consider her ways and be wise without having any chief officer or ruler she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest how long will you lie there o slogan when will you arise from your sleep a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. And that, that just shows you, man, that, that when you accept Christ, the, the problem with a lot of people, it's they, they expect, they, uh, let me see how to say it, how to say it, uh, I see, again, uh, I always talk about uh, uh, Carlos's father's church because I belong to his church for 20 years. And a lot of what I saw is that a lot of times people rely on the pastor for everything. Okay, they expect the pastor to tell them what to do. They expect the pastor to guide them, do this, do that. Okay, and, and here in the Proverbs, he's telling us, you know, the ant does it. 
without a, without someone telling them what to do. The fruit that every Christian should show sometimes, it has to do with, don't wait for somebody to tell you what to do, okay? You know, you're, fruit, you're a fruit-bearing Christian, okay? Try to work for the God, man. Ask, what do you want me to do, Pastor? Do you need me to do this, Pastor? Do you need that? Go, go, man. Uh, initiate, initiate, you know, be, do it from you, from your heart, like, like you want to serve God. You know, not only you're helping the church, you know, but, but sometimes you feel good when you're doing things in the church. I'm sorry, I'm going to, to the solution, but uh, let me give a, a quick stat too. Now that we're talking about pastors and, and some of the problems, but some of the reasons when people don't want to help the church, when people don't want to help the body of Christ, uh, there's a stat that's scary, and it's that 46% of pastors under 45 have thought of quitting the ministry, everything in the last year this is in the last year 2023 okay it, it's called rich rice studios and they did this that and man you know how scary that is <laughs> the, there's four pastors in my church and all four of them uh, i are under 43 years old so uh, at least mm. you know two of them have thought of quitting this year you know and a, a lot of a lot of the problems is because everybody expects the pastors to do everything they expect the pastors to solve every problem they expect the pastors to do everything and us as christians we're supposed to be there okay even though the pastor is supposed to be our spiritual leader supposed to guide us we have to be there helping him because again he's human just like us and he needs that support from christians like us and a lot of times we're you know we're not doing it we're expecting someone to take us by the hand hey come do this come do that no man take initiative go ask the pastors hey pastors what do you want me to do in my church they do a sign up to serve and of course I, i'm an overachiever but man i signed up for like five things you know i signed up for helping in the parking lot i signed up for an usher i signed up for teaching i signed up i think i even signed up for helping the kids and i you know and i, I sent a pastor a message I said, look pastor i signed up for a bunch of stuff but if you need me picking up the garbage wherever you need me i'm there just let me know where you need me i, I just want to serve i don't care where if, if if a lot of a lot more christians had that that desire i think that the state of the church and the apathy uh, will go low because when you see other people working hard I think that motivates others sometimes to also try to kind of like help a little bit yeah absolutely I think uh, Barna Research is saying something along the lines in 2022 75% of all pastors they interviewed say that uh, apathy or a lack of commitment is one of their most challenging aspects in the church you know it's uh, it's it's outrageous you know when you think about it and coming from the perspective of a person who who is now a, a member in a church but served as a, a pastor you know i think i think we've seen that i've seen that you've seen that then right i mean you know you you go and you you preach and you prepare and you you know and and i feel for pastors i you know i have a heart for pastors i love pastors i feel for pastors i i yeah. met with my my pastor and when when he's preparing for his uh, his tuesday class i stay after I try to help uh, him, you know, put things away or, you know, because I remember the struggle and, and this was something that was in me before I was a pastor. I, I would help Ben's father, you know, clean up the church and all of that. I remember my wife and I would clean the toilets and the garbage and organize all the chairs, prepare for the daycare. After every Sunday service, we did that. And um, so I, I, I love pastors. I feel for pastors and I understand the frustration when you put your all into what it is that God is calling you to do 
and you feel as if there's no connection with your people, where you have 100 people, but only five of them are, are willing to put a little bit of skin in the game, you know, and so... Yeah. I'm just ranting a little bit, but we have, let, you know, let's pray for our <laughs> pastors, man, because it's, you know, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and where does it lead to? We know where it leads to. It, it leads to it leads to uh, a lack of co- commitment. It leads to church ploys. It leads to these weird tactics. It leads to these weird uh, ski. I don't want to say schemes in a negative way, but these 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 programs and, and, and schemes that you try to engage people gimmicks. and pull people. G- gimmicks. That's the word. It's gimmicks. Mega eggs. It's gimmicks. <laughs> You know, it's it's it's, yeah. it's it, you, you, it's all these gimmicks. Why? Out of good intention, they 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 want to engage and bring people in and have people involved and stoke the fire, because the pastor he's your Facebook friend and he's on your Instagram and he sees how much you enjoy all the other things outside of church, right? And so he's trying to make something happen for you. Poor guy, you know. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, we don't only do a disservice to the to the body of Christ and to our pastor. We do a disservice to ourselves because we're not living up to our fullest potential in the Lord, right? God calls us to serve. We were created for good works that we would walk in them, right? So, amen. You know, yeah. You know, another telltale saying sign is, and you know, as we get older, we get more conservative. We start looking back and and saying, oh, you know what? Dad was right. My dad used to always tell me that. Tell me, show me a person's financial um, dynamic, how they, you know, how they give. I'll tell you where their priority is. And I've reduced that to, I can tell you what you love and what you worship just by looking at your bank account. If you get your checking account and you see everything you spend, you can certainly, you, you know, we give, we have a problem giving $100 to the Lord, but then we'll leave church right after church we'll go eat and spend 150 dollars on on feeding our family and and it's the hardest thing to watch um and and why am i always going to giving i'm not even a pastor i'm not pastoring the church anymore but it's a problem look at this in march 2023 barter releases uh another survey that says listen to this 66 percent of practicing christians say there is more to generosity than giving money. And I call um, Bacalao on that. 100% <laughs> Bacalao on that. Yeah, I call, I, I call Bacalao on that because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, that's the that's our generation, right? That's Gen Z. That's Gen... Mm-hmm. All, all, all of the, the snowflakes that are saying something very simple, which is I want to replace my financial contribution with me picking up a chair and folding it or taking a broom and one does not replace the other. You should give and fold the chair. And because sure. unfortunately our snot-nosed kids, when they come in to church and they're using um, resources and eating and electricity and oh, playground yeah. equipment that needs repairing and curriculum and all of that stuff costs money and we like to reduce it to like, well, you know, nobody asked you, nobody told you that you should buy that. And so these are certain problems that we really do need to contend with. And our generation, that new generation, that Gen Z generation and millennial generation that, that are entering the church right now are, would like to see things replaced. Or you'll see things like um, 
you know, why do we have buildings? Amen. I agree with you. Why do we have buildings? But don't forget, we have zoning laws and we need parking spaces. And, you know, yep. certain places can't fit a certain amount of cars. So there. So we have to be smart. We can't just start mouthing off on the reasons why we don't want to give. And so that that certainly puts a predicament. And so let's kind of move into the impact uh, quickly. Uh, uh, so how do you think that's impacting? I know, Isaac, you kind of already began going into it. So it was a perfect segue. We see that it's impacting pastors because uh, they're stressed. They want to quit. Josh, you mentioned pastors want to quit, which means less ministers. Um, it leads to gimmicks, right? So I know in our church, when we have money issues, what do we do, guys? Come on, what do we do? We're going to preach Malachi. No, not in no, our church. We didn't preach cursed. Malachi. No, no, we you didn't do that cursed. in our church. You no, no, we never did that. You know what we did? We did the food that sales. Was your, that was your church. We did food. Yeah, we did food sales. And what did we do and with we food sales? Every shrimp. On yes, the we counted every shrimp. Yes, car wash. Not only, not only car did wash. we count uh, car wash. Not only did we count every shrimp on that plate, we would have meetings for hours we dedicated. On, on should we <laughs> argue? Should we have two shrimp and a piece of chicken, or no, or should we have three shrimp? Three shrimp, three shrimp, and not only that, but the leaders and the deacons yeah. had to go buy the meat because the church wasn't going to pay for it. That's you know, right. I mean? it was all volunteer. That's it was right. all volunteer, right? And, and the poor leaders that come every yeah. day. That, that clean every Sunday, that come early, that come to Wednesdays, that teach the class and come and evangelism, they need to do more. <laughs> yeah. And so we would but, we would we would ask like who who's gonna bring the chicken? And no one no one is yeah. volunteering and, and you just see the same person. Yeah, I chicken. I'll always say pork. <laughs> bring the pork. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Puerto Rican in us, bro. Gotta gotta yeah. have that pork. Bring them pork. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> you know what's funny though that you say that, Carlos? Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. The just just thinking as you were speaking, just reflecting, because this is a shared experience that we've had, you know, and I and I think it's a shared experience that many people who have seen behind the veil of ministry have. And what I find is that there are people who have seen behind the veil. And they're the first ones to become apathetic because they're tired of it. And so they, they sit back. They, they don't want to deal anymore. I'm going to come to church on Sunday. I don't want to get involved. Um, you know, and, and they become the most apathetic. You know, they, 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 they just want to do the bare minimum if there is such a thing and, and not get involved because they were involved. And they were pressed and prodded and pushed. And, and it gets to a point where it's like, I, I can't do this no more, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I thought about that, and 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 I think that that's a sad reality. I think I think those people fall into the category of apathy as well, you know. Um, so maybe 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 the church, is, maybe it's it's a heart issue for the individual, but it's also a church issue. You know, what are we creating as a church? You know, are do we have apathetic leaders? Do we have a lack of vision? Uh, are we pressing too hard upon the congregants to put upon them burdens that the Lord never put upon them? Right. So, so, you know, it's, it, it causes ministerial burnout. Yeah. 
pastoral yeah, stress. Does, does. There's, because there's, yeah, there's always the few people that do all the work. Uh, in, sure. in a church that I was a part of, uh, man, at one time I was doing the men's. I was doing the young adults. I was doing a prayer and worship ministry. And sometimes cooking for the homeless, man. And I did that for a while, I think almost for a year. And, and I was the newest member of that church. And I, I looked around and I was like, how come are these people that have been in this church for 15 years coming to me, asking me, oh, what are we going to do? Or, or asking me for, for, for simple things to do in the church. And I'm like, man, what's going on? I'm the newest member of this church. These people have been here for so long and then they're depending on me. And uh, man, that really frustrated me there for a while. And uh, where I, uh, you know, I told you guys that I even became a cynic, you know, I, you know, I started like, like looking down on these people. It's because why? when I'm the newest member on this church, not only that, I was the youngest, uh, why do I have to do so much? And these people that have been here so long, they're not doing anything. And and again, you forget sometimes in, in churches when that happens, you forget who you're doing it for. You forget you're doing it for That's God, right. that all that work, you know, is for God. And that happened to me. And, and man, that, that killed me. That, that made, And I was doing this class. It made me think a lot about that. It's like, man, uh, uh, how awesome that God gave me the energy, you know, to, to be able to do all those ministries, how glorifying to him it was. And then I go and I, I kind of like slap him on the face by saying, oh, you know, it, it, nobody wants to help, you know. But man, God gave me the wisdom to be able to teach not only adults, but teenagers. God gave me the, you know, the talent to be able to cook for 80, 100 homeless, man, for, for that time. And, 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 and all I could do is complain sometimes. And, and sometimes uh, uh, it's sad that very a small percentage of the people are the ones that have to do all the work. Uh, one of the stats that I, that I saw is that only 20% of members, this is not just attending people, it's 20% of members do all the work in the church. And, and, and that's a big problem. Again, we go back to not only pastors burning out, but the people that, that, that have the most to give sometimes burn out because there's no other people backing them up. And that's a big problem Amen. that we're seeing with, with people just letting only a small amount of people do the work. That It shouldn't be right. like that, especially as us Christians that we're supposed to be a body. So if 20% of our body is working, we're in a bed, we're in a coma, basically. That's right. You know, and that's how yeah. church has been working for many, many years with 20% of people. Like, come on, man. You know, we have to wake up as the oh, church. You, you wake just up. Did a, you just did a Joe Biden. Come on, man. Come and on, come man. Come on, man. Come on, man. But here, here's the here, here's the thing that I also kind of want us to look at because, yeah, it's affecting the, the pastors. It's affecting the church or the other church members that are getting burned out. And pastors are going to have to rely more on on um, themselves, right? So if they don't have volunteers, it has to get done. I remember that's something that Isaac and I used to always talk about. And Isaac was like, well, I, I have to do it. If no one else is gonna do it, I'm gonna have to do it. And I'm oh, like, nah, you know what? Yeah, I have to do it. And then I would be like, you know what? Then it don't get done. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, so it, it, it's just, we have to, you're right. We have to almost, it starts getting bitter. Like pastor's heart start to get like, what's going on here? And how, how do we not love the Lord like this? And um, but I'm gonna throw something out there because there's another way this affects us, and which is our families and our homes. You know, when our children see us profess a faith, um, exalt a value, and then see us pour so much passion 
into our hobbies, into our purchases, into making money and investments or um, building security. And we're, man, we're passionate about those things. And then they see us just sort of like, eh, you know, whatever about yep. church, you know, I don't really want to, you know. And now what we're giving to our children is, hey, you know what? Um, you know, we can be hypocrites, essentially. We can we can play the religious game and just show up and, and, and then call ourselves Christians. And I think um, we begin to dilute the gospel in our homes when we just sort of disengage um, um, with that. And so uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the disengagement within the home, right, we lead by example. You know, so, so, you know, I think we've been speaking about, you know, what it is to be a man of God and, and a lot of other conversations, but yeah, first and foremost, we lead by example. And so I remember in my house in Texas, I had this banner, uh, my wife got me, as for, as for me and my home, we will worship the Lord, you know, um, and, and that's the stance. Yeah. That's the stance of my home. You know, as for me and my home, we will worship the Lord. Uh, and so, you know, there are times where I wake up and I, I don't want to go to church. I'm tired, you know, but. We get up, we go, you know, uh, it's, it, at this point, it's uh, it's become a rare thing that we miss we miss service, you know, because as for me and my house, we worship the Lord. I have the lives of my, my wife and my children and my family here who are depending on me to not only provide financially, but also spiritually, you know what I mean, and to, to lead away. And so, yeah, you know, and, and with that being said, there's more that I need to do to be an example of and, and, and more for them to see and more for them to get involved in. You know, apathy is a silent killer. You know, this whole idea, this lack of passion that we have. One thought that comes to my mind is that it's important for us to understand that that we are all making choices of priority, right? All of us make choices of priority. So then the question is, what is it that we're prioritizing? You know, like am I for me, I, I, I do a lot of jujitsu and, and I'm at work a lot and uh, I'm with my family. I love to barbecue. I love to do cook briskets and pull pork. I, I do all these things that take tons of hours of preparation. I'll, I'll smoke a brisket for 16 hours in my backyard. I'm up every hour, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock, checking my brisket, checking my pulled pork. You know, your, your choices are a reflection of your priority. And, and a lot of us are willing to do a lot of these things that are ancillary and hobbies. And yet we're not willing to, to go to church, let alone serve in church, let alone participate in the ministry or go to a small group. We have to take a hard look at ourselves and understand what is it that I am, and come to terms with, what it is that I am prioritizing. Am I looking at Jesus as nothing more than a friend and a savior, or am I looking at him as Lord? And if we're looking at him as Lord, I think this is echoing a little bit of what you said, Carlos. If, 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 if your worship was before the God on the throne, I think your worship would look very different than the way it does on a Sunday, right? You know? So, you know, or, or, we have or even, you know, even here's the thing though, some of us, the God on the throne is that football game on Sunday. That's right. You know, you get where, you, know, you get where I'm going with it. Preach. You know what I mean? So we're, we're, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not if Jesus, it's just, it's not Jesus. You know what I mean? It's something else. And then we go and we worship at the altar. And I hate to be that person that says, oh, you know, sports games and, Oh, the hobby, you know, no, love your hobbies, love football, I love football, I love my gaming. But but if sure. I'm pouring more into my gaming or if I'm pouring more into my sports than I am my edification and my family's edification, 
And let's just be honest here. I'm worshiping the game. I'm worshiping That's right. something else other than Jesus. So you you hit you hit a really really good point. Uh, we're, we're let's kind of move into our third um, topic, which is a solution. But before we do that, we're going to go on a break. It's me a one minute, and then we'll be back to kind of finish up our um, third ben, third can, part, can which you, is the can solution. Can you make the break longer because I see got me hungry talking about food. I want to go quick. Uh, <laughs> <go>. Chicken wings. <laughs> I gotta heat up the chicken wings. Oh, we'll be right back. Hey, Patriots. Thanks so much for watching. In just six weeks, we've been able to triple our viewership. However, one little dilemma. Not everyone who watches is subscribed. So please hit the subscribe button and it would help us to understand if we're being effective. You know, it's the only way we know if this program is edifying to you. Now we do have three options, YouTube, Facebook, of course. However, we've added a third live streaming option to Rumble. And you may ask yourself, why? Why Rumble? Well, Rumble doesn't cancel you. And so in the event that we get canceled, there will be a third option where we'll be able to uh, engage with you and connect with you. And so this is extremely, extremely important. So go over, download the app to your phone, or connect on PC, create an account, look us up, the Patriot Collective Podcast. Again, don't forget to like, comment, and share. God bless you. Hey, all Patriots. right, all right, we're back. We're back. No, no more, no more adverts. Um, and so we are now going to enter into our final segment, which is. The solution, which is, I guess, the most important thing. So we uh, talked about the problem. Um, I think we tossed around a lot of things. We talked about its impact, and we know it's impacting. Um, we, we're seeing all the statistics coming out saying churches are closing. That, there's not a lot of uh, uh, engagement. Um, small groups is, is nice, it's beautiful, but, um, you know, it's not always uh, fruitful for certain churches. And so... Um, we're going to move into what we believe the solution can be. So I'll, I'll, I'll open the floor. Like, what are some of the things that we can begin doing to start turning this ship around from an individual perspective or from a church perspective? What can we do? I think, I think, and, and just coming from a personal place, you know, as a person who, again, I served and then. Uh, when I came back from Texas, I was serving in Texas. I moved here to South Florida. I had a home church for a while. Uh, and then there was a season where I stepped away from that for about a year. And I figured I would just serve, I would just find a church. And that took some time to fi actually find a church. Um, and, and I became very apathetic, you know. Uh, I just really didn't have much passion. I was looking for a church, but it wasn't really to, to serve in any capacity. Uh, I just wanted to be somewhere. And I think that First and foremost, it's a heart issue. And so we have to seek God in prayer, right? Like, let us examine our own heart. Let us come to God, you know, and, and seek him in prayer and consider our ways that, that we would al align our ways with his ways, that we would walk in fruitfulness, right? So I think, I think first it's a heart issue. I think that we have to seek God, seek God through prayer, seek God in his word. I, I think if you're in church and, and you're hearing this and this is convicting to your heart, you, you, you already know you need to change, right? We, you know, if, if you're battling with this, then you already know. But we have to come to God, that God would do a work in our heart, you know. 
I, I think that's where it starts. Obviously, that's not the the whole answer. But I think I think that's where it starts. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, uh, to me, again, it, it we have to speak from. I, I speak from experience, and to me, you know, fellowship. With, with other Christians motivates me to serve, to help in the church. I, I love uh, just being with other men. And, and we go back to last week's episode. You know how men are lonely. You know, we don't have friends. Okay. But again, if, if we will get together, uh, you know, in, in my church, they have five or six groups a day, uh, what, you know, and, and, and I love, man, if it was, you know, if it wasn't because I work and, and because, you know, I'm, I'm older, I'm tired, man, I will go every week, every day, I will go to a different group and, and it's just, you know, I'm older, I, I can't do that, but I, you know, I try to go two, three times if I can, but when we get together, I think we, we can motivate each other to help out more or or you see two or three men getting together hey we're gonna go do this in the church we're gonna go do that i think again guys watch last week's episode that that's such an impactful episode i, I had no idea that that men were so lonely until we start analyzing ourselves but i think if we get together if we if we build these friendships in the church i think we could motivate each other to bring that number up from 20 percent. let's bring it up to 21 22 23 percent but again if we if we continue being by ourselves if we continue you know, this strand of, of, of apathy that, you know, we don't want to do anything. The church is going to continue declining. And me as a father, I don't want to see a church uh, in 20 years from now where, you know, where everything's from the house, where nobody's getting together, you know, where we have our, our glasses and that's the church, the meta, what, what is that called? That uh, that thing where, where now the church, they put their thing, their glasses oh, yeah. from home and the fellowship is over. Okay. The church continues declining because we are not fellowshipping. Okay. We need to help the pastors. We need to help the leaders. Okay. It, you don't have to be the leader always, you know, you, you could be a servant. You could be, you know, a crutch to someone. You could just help someone. I mean, not a crutch in a negative way. I mean, you know, if they're limping, you're the crutch yes, that's going to help them. <laughs> so it, it, I think, again, last week's episode to me was, was beautiful and it opened my eyes and, and I see it now. You see it now why uh, the apathy is happening. It's because we're all lonely and we don't care. Oh, I'm alone. I don't care. You know, but we yeah. gotta stop that because we are called to be a body together, all of us, not just one person, not just two people, just all of us together. Amen. I think Amen. a good verse that, that ties verse. into what what Josh is saying is Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty four. It says, "And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near." Yeah, absolutely. I think Amen. I think Josh hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. Let us Amen. let us let us consider how we would stir up each other in love and in good works, right? And then encourage each other as they draws near. Amen. That's good. That's a good Amen. word, Josh. Yeah, and you know, I, I wanna I want us to consider the whole chicken and the egg analogies, especially since Josh is always raising chickens. The 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 point that I want to yeah, that's true, right? Uh, the point that I, I kind of want to say is bring that all of those things... They're in the back. <laughs> I'll bring one Fry up them, right now. bro. Fry them. No. Uh, no but... <laughs> so what we want to do is think about this for a moment. When, I mean, all of those things are possible. I think everyone listening would hear these antidotes and say, yes, yes. But then 
the next day nothing changes, right? And 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 so that is all. That's like the circular dilemma where be it's like going to church. We hear the message, we're convicted, we leave, and it's like okay, we're not doers of the word, right? So we forget what we what we heard. Um, I think. I think, and I'm going to put throw this out there, and I'm going to put up another slide in the biblical verse, but um, it talks about the seed being sown on the rocky places. This is Matthew 13, uh, 20, and it says, uh, This is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no firm root in himself, but it's only temporary. And when affliction and persecution arise because of the word, immediately he falls away. But then he said that... The, you know, how we deal with persecutions and things we don't like, um, that's certainly one aspect. But I think this is the one that I think many Christians are toiling with and working through, which is, um, and the one whom the seed was sown among thorns, this is the man who hears the word, but the worry of the worlds and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And I, and I kind of want to, because I, I really want us to focus on root cause, right? The real root cause. I mean, if I if I said I'm not volunteering, I'm not giving, let's remove all the branches and say, what is that one thing that I think I have to do to begin being, being fruitful to the Lord, right? Because the Lord wants yeah. you to congregate. The Lord wants you to donate. The Lord wants you to volunteer. I would say clear those things out of your life that is choking the word. Because here's the thing, you're not gonna be able to serve sin, you're not gonna be able to divide your love from the things in the world from the Lord and play the pie game, you know, the pie chart. So I love God 25%, but I also love this 40%. So my, my, my thoughts are, you know, uh, what is choking the word in your life? Because here's the thing, the word is the seed and it's gonna produce fruit and if it's not producing it's because there's something choking it so what are you doing what are you loving what are you participating that is choking the word that is not allowing you to express that love express that passion is it unrepented sin you know do you have unrepented sin that you're dealing with you know uh, uh pornography fornication adultery that's certainly going to do it right um what what are the other things that you're struggling with that you're not really taking to learn maybe you're harboring anger and hate in spite with someone uh that you had an argument with last year right a year ago you you you're harboring ill uh um feelings and motives to somebody and that's choking the word right that's not letting you move and 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 become fruitful to god and so you, I love that Isaac said we have to do self-examination, right? And so you, you get yourself in the room and and you read the Word of God and you're like, man, God, reveal to me why I am not fruitful. And let me tell you something: with all of my heart, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. I believe that with all of my heart, He will say this is the issue, and and, and you you know you will need to know what to do next from there. And, and and if you have shut down the Holy Spirit because of your laziness, then you need a you need someone next to you to tell you the truth, to love you enough and tell you, hey dude, you know, stop slacking off. 
you know. You but what, to, let's address address the myth. Up. But let's let's really address the myth of laziness, because I don't think laziness exists, unless you know. I, in other words, I, I really think it's selfishness. I don't think it's laziness because we, you we know it's back. like yeah, the, yeah. The, the way you say you it, know, because everything, because we get up and we'll we'll yeah. sacrifice everything for the things we want and like. Everything you said, Ben, everything you said, you said giving, you said serving, you said helping others, everything everything you mentioned has to do with worship. We worship God with our giving. We worship God with our helping others. We worship God with loving our neighbors. You see, when we stop loving God enough, okay, when we stop worshiping God, everything else goes down the drain. And that's what's happening. It's we stop worshiping God with everything we do, with every action we do. When we're stuck in traffic, you know, when when, when we see someone stuck, you know, with, with, with their hood up, you know, are, are you going to stop and help them out? No, man, it, that's, that's our way of worshiping God, showing others how we are. When we stop worshiping God, we become apathetic. That's it. It's because we don't care. Amen. 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 I, you know, I, I want to throw something out there because I want to, you know, I, it's almost like, do, does anybody here think, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Does anybody here think, and, and if you're listening, feel free to comment on the comment section. We'll see it. We'll address it. But is there such thing as a neutral ground? And I don't think so. And I think that's no. where the, no. the lazy Christian likes to habitate in the middle ground. Well, you know, I love God and it's like, well, I'm just not you know, worshiping him. And listen, this is so simple because I think we get caught up in these secular ideals. This is, this is so clear as day. You are worshiping something always. There's never a time where you're not worshiping or idolizing something. The question is who and what, right? Who or what? And, and then examining and saying, okay, what am I pouring all my money, all my time, all my passion into? What what is it? Identify it, okay? And then that's what you're worshiping. And I and I think we gotta erase this myth. Like, well, we're just lazy. No, you're not lazy. You're committing idolatry. You see, there's a difference when we examine it. It's not that you're in this murky middle. It's that you are actively turning your back on the Lord and worshiping something different. And I really think we need to really contend with that because there is not a middle. I think Isaac read that verse where the lukewarmness, this sort of like, I want to habitate and I want to say I love the Lord. I'm saved by his grace. And of course, you know, um, it's not always what we say when we say grace. You know, I'm saved by grace, you know. Yeah, Second Thessalonians 3 uh, tells us, As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what they say in this letter, take note, note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he might be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Okay? This Ooh. is talking, this is Ooh, talking about, about, you know, warn him as a brother. You see, we go back to last week. Man, I'm telling you, I love that video last week because, again, if, if we're by ourselves, who's going to tell us? Isaac says, uh, analyze yourself. You know how hard it is to analyze yourself. And sometimes, 
we don't let the Holy Spirit speak to us, okay? That's why we need someone, you know? A lot of times it's the wife that's telling us, but we need other people, you know? Sometimes the wife, you know, might be mad at us or might be working, might be doing something, but we need other people. Uh, I, I bring this analogy uh, all the time to the, to the teens, and I tell them you need to have people around you that love you enough to tell you the truth because uh, imagine that, you know, when somebody's cheating on someone, everybody knows but that person right yeah everybody knows but that per the person they're getting cheated on okay mm -hmm. so how come other people see around us but that person doesn't see it because sometimes we're blind to analyze ourselves our faults how hard is it for us to see our faults it's horrible you know we're always right right the person next to me is, is never right it's me you know you gotta do this no man we, we we need other people around us to be able to warn us as a brother in love amen amen amen, amen. well you know what what i i want us to just kind of throw and kind of recap what we've said here so far i think um number one isaac said uh you know take the time to go into prayer really begin meditating on amen. on where you're at right where you're at with the lord where you're at because the hardest thing to do sometimes is stop and pause I think the second thing that Josh talked about is find an accountable partner, an accountability partner. Find people that you can build off of and go into fellowship. Absolutely. Um, two is better than one, right? And the, and the scriptures always tell us that, right? And so at the end of the day, having someone that you can trust and someone that you can build off of and, um, and, and help you when you're stumbling is certainly going to be helpful. I think the third part is... Um, identify what's choking that word because here's the thing on the norm on the norm you should be producing fruit because you don't produce it the word of god does it never returns void to the lord so every time you know um you hear the word of god it is the seed that is germinating and producing fruit i'm gonna close with one last example and and it's just something that i'm gonna throw out there because we've been talking about things that you need to leave behind, things you need to do. Um, but let me challenge you on a spiritual discipline, because if the word produces by itself fruit and the person doesn't even know how, this is really interesting because I, I threw this on in my last sort of collective thought that we, we put out um, two days ago. But imagine if you have three fields and one field you sow 20 seeds. And the other field you sowed 50 seed and another field you sowed 150 seed which field is going to yield more fruit? and it's going to be the one with the most seeds in it and so for our life the key pivotal point is if the word is producing fruit then you need to consume more seed the more seed that you get in you in your mind in your heart and it's competing right your your life is soil and the word of god is going to you um if you only give god a half hour a day of seed then you're, you're gonna have that much fruit but it, it, yeah. you know what's competing for that time is it your hobbies is it you know doing things you're not supposed to be is it, do you have too many hobbies maybe you have to learn to tell yourself like i is like i cook I, I i go to the gym i you know then i work and then I like to go fishing and then I like, and it's like, okay, listen, for you to be fruitful, maybe you gotta like not do the barbecue thing. 
you know? Calling you out. Tell, calling you Chris, out. Tell, tell, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. As an yeah. example, maybe you got to tell Chris to get his butt up and do some barbecue. You know? tell him. But, I, say, I say tell him. Well, I'm don't be mad, Chris. Don't be mad. Tell him. Tell him. <laughs> but, but you get the point what I'm saying. The point I'm saying is that we got to choose our, our hobbies and the time it's consuming. And, and I think Isaac made that same very point, which is like, consume seed and whatever is stopping you from consuming that seed, um, we need to, to really think about it. And so that's my closing thoughts. So y'all have closing thoughts? Anything you want to add to this? I just want to tell yeah, Just the verse, if I can. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, in verse 10, he says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I, I remember I used to tell my congregation, you know, we try to build up our lives with our own hands, but greater is the life that he has built for us than what we could ever build on our own. You know, so to the work, Christian soldier, to the work. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it's, it's, listen, our, our salvation was paid with a price. And, it, you know, it's free. It's given. Everybody can receive it if they want to. Okay, sorry, Isaac. I know that's not why you thing but uh it was paid with a price for what is it something separated us from god to begin with and it was our sin okay the reason for our salvation it's to bring us back to god and not for us to continue sinning it's for us like isaac said to start doing good works you know you guys gotta start reading the word of god you guys gotta start you know getting together with your brothers and sisters you know you guys need to start worshiping god properly not not worshiping the other things like we've been saying through this video you know it's your hobby it's, it's you know your your games uh you know stop worshiping that tv more than you worship in church you know yeah. i know some church are I think quiet, you can't scream your, your, your point josh your point josh i think is good it's not about what you stop doing it's about what you start doing correct mm. and, and that's mm. what we got to do it it's a lot of people think that oh you know i was saved it was freely given no and then they just sit back you know oh, i'm saved. that's it no man it's you got to continue working you got to continue worshiping god like we've been saying it's all about worship it's about everything that we do with thankfulness we worship god amen, amen. Beautiful. Love that. Let's close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we Thank pray you. for everyone listening, every soul listening. And Lord, we rebuke and uh, every demonic stronghold sitting on everyone's mind that is trying to minister to them contradiction, that is trying to minister more apathy. We come against it in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak life. We speak your word, Lord. Not our thoughts or sentiment, but your word. And we ask, Lord, that you convict and draw these people to you that are listening to this and that they are cut and pierced to the heart to examine what is choking your word in their life, Lord. We know they're saved. We know they received you. We know they're regenerated, but they're just asleep at the wheel with this apathy issue. Lord, we thank you for your, your, just everything that you are for us, Lord. You are everything, and you are the all-powerful God that can do all things, Lord. We can do nothing um, without you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. amen. All right. Well, amen. thank you, everyone. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for uh, joining with us. Isaac. Josh, thank you so much again. We'll be back next week. So until the next one, God bless you. God bless you.